If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. We're going to hit our sponsors here in just a second, then jump into the episode. But before we do, make sure you stick around throughout the end of the interview and check out the show notes for great opportunities for associateships, partnerships, and more. If you're a practice owner, you want to find great people, and you want to list a job opportunity or just looking for certain things that your peers out there that are veterinarians could benefit from, feel free to shoot me an email. Isaiah at veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. I will do my best to get those up at the end of different episodes. There's no charge for that. My role, my job is to connect good people with good people. So with that, we will hit our sponsors and be right into the interview. Have you ever walked into a space and thought, wow, this is beautiful. There's a reason for that. Architecture has this innate ability to impact emotions and perceptions. My friends at Apex Design Build bring beautiful and functional spaces for veterinarians nationwide. Apex is a fourth generation family run company that is fully integrated from the design, architecture, and construction process to help you mitigate risks, eliminate surprises, save money, save time, and reduce the effort on your project. Check out their amazing work and have access to their square footage calculator to help you plan your expansion or new build. Click the link in the show notes for an exclusive offer and learn more about Apex Design Build. Tired of waiting for ownership decisions to happen? Frustrated with promises broken? Enter Innovative Management Veterinary Solutions, or IVMS. IVMS's goal is to grow privately held, profitable, unique hospitals across Canada, allowing you, the veterinarian, to focus on medicine and not the practice nuances. They handle accounting, bookkeeping, marketing, advertising, human resources, and so much more. The plan is easy as one, two, three. First, you come work joining the leadership team for a year to learn the systems and processes, ensuring the fit is right for everyone. Second, you enter into a 50-50 partnership to launch your hospital. Again, you help drive where you go. Three, work together, launch, and scale your hospital. Questions? Head to the link in the show notes for more information, how to connect, and see if this is the right opportunity you've been waiting for. Check out Innovative Management Veterinary Solutions. Find out for yourself why my friends at Shepherd Veterinary Software are the fastest growing practice management software. Hint, they're doing something right. Founded by Dr. Cindy Barnes, Shepard is an intuitive, easy-to-learn, streamlines practice management. Built for vets, by vets, it works for you and your team so you have more time to spend on what's most important, your patients. Shepard automatically updates the medical records, adds services to the invoice, generates discharge instructions, and so much more. Bring home more stories and less stress. Check them out at shepherd.vet. Again, that's shepherd.vet. Hey, drama. Yes, we do too. That's why it doesn't exist here. It's the only core value that is non-negotiable. Culture is key at Point Grey and Fraser View Veterinary Hospital located in Vancouver, British Columbia, an outdoors person's paradise. Privately owned, fear-free certified practice, the only fear-free practice in Vancouver. No catches, no hidden terms, no negative accrual, no non-compete, and fully transparent. So what do we expect? Sense of humor? We love to laugh, tell jokes, and banter. Be adaptable? Strong team-oriented personality drive and willingness to excel. What should you expect? Do you love snacks? Who doesn't? 
We have a staff room filled with a variety of snacks. We've got you covered. How about coffee or tea? We have you covered. Enjoy a two-month schedule made in advance so you can actually plan your life. No nights or Sundays guaranteed. Salary up to $170,000, including 20 to 25% commission. Visa sponsorship considered, as well as opportunities for ownership. So apply today for Point Grey and Fraser View Veterinary Hospital. Link in the show notes. Why do most banks always seem to be impersonal, slow to answer questions, or give you the runaround on getting money needed for your dreams? Enter Panacea Financial. Panacea Financial, a nationwide digital bank built for doctors by doctors. Whether you're a veterinarian in training, practice owner, or aspire to be one, someday, Panacea Financial is designed specifically for you. It was started by two doctors who were frustrated in working with banks and so started their own to serve their community. With common sense lending guidelines and fast decisioning, they've helped doctors all across the country start, grow, and acquire their dream practice. Looking to buy into a practice, Panacea helps doctors with practice buy-in loans that are funded in a matter of days, not weeks, or months. If you're ready to join the thousands of doctors nationwide who have declared independence from traditional banks, visit PanaceaFinancial.com today to see how they can get you started with your dreams. Panacea Financial is a division of Premise, member FDIC. Hi, everybody. This is the first, I guess, you know, I don't want to call it an emergency episode, but I think there's just so much information flying around and people asking questions around everything going on from the, the the banking collapse, crisis, whatever name you want to throw out there. And so one of the things is I I do think it's a big deal and I wanted to chat on it. And I didn't want to necessarily interrupt the kind of standard Sunday releases because I have a bunch of different guests that I want to get those episodes out and I didn't want to push them back any further. So I was like, shoot, I'm just going to record another episode and we'll just go through this quickly. And I'm going to link um, at the end of this episode, because it's going to be a short one, right? And you're going to see that before you even click play. Um, there's a fantastic episode with um, Marty Bent and Parker Lewis on Tales from the Crypt. It's a, it's a Bitcoin related podcast, but Parker Lewis has done a ton of work and he shares some amazing information in that podcast. I'm going to link to not only the podcast, but also the YouTube clip because they do share some charts and it's really interesting. Now, information continues to come out um, after the Silicon Valley Bank or SVB, um, you know, shuttering. And there's another bank as well, Signature I'm going to talk about. And then there's another bank called Silvergate. And kind of all these banks have a couple things in common. One is they've banked like VC, private equity, but Signature and uh, Silvergate both were more Bitcoin and crypto, a lot more crypto. Um, Silvergate had a lot of stuff with FTX and that was some of the issues there. Silvergate did not go bankrupt. They just said they were going to wind down because they were not going to be able to be sustainable long-term. Signature was taken over a week ago um, by the FDIC, even though they were not necessarily showing stress that they couldn't meet uh, demand for stuff, but they um, shut them down anyways. I'm going to touch on that here in a second. But I want to do my best to kind of recap why does it matter for you um, and not to fear monger, not to, to start other you know issues um, going out there, but just to kind of lay the, the groundwork in the way that I see it. So with that being said, there's so much information that's still coming in. There's even some stuff that I was updating right before I clicked record. And I'm like, shoot, I just got to pick a day and do it because I just keep getting more information and it's going to, it's going to eventually just get stale. And so it's wanted to, to move forward. So anyways, first, what the heck happened? So Silicon Valley Bank or SVB, 16th largest bank in the country, failed, collapsed um, within basically a 48 hour period. Peter Thiel, who is a huge, um, venture um, investor, um, super successful, was basically sending out to a lot of his portfolio companies, hey, get your money out of SVB. And it basically started a bank run. They had about, I've seen 175 billion, I've seen 200 billion. 
and deposit. So somewhere in between there and in showing uh, uh, joint unity, basically the treasury, federal reserve and the FDIC. So FDIC being the um, kind of the insurance for uh, folks when you put cash in the bank up to $250,000. So they all three came out and told depositors that even those over the $250,000 limit at SVB and Signature would be made whole. Now, one of the key things there is that at SVB, about 92% is the number that I've seen, 92, 93% of the deposits there were over that $250,000 limit because again, private equity, VC, um, there is absolutely some uh, private equity and VC in VetMed that had funds at SVB. Now, I'm not going to go all the way through all the lists because I don't think it's really candidly that important because they all are getting their money back anyways. So they basically said, hey, we had this limit and people knew the risk for holding over that, but just kidding, we're going to actually backstop everything. And um, the thing with Signature is kind of interesting. I want to touch on that right now because they did the same thing there where the FDIC stepped in. They weren't having the same struggles um, that Silicon Valley Bank was having. And uh, it is kind of odd, again, because they had a lot of banking relationships with Bitcoin and crypto companies. And you know, it's not really a conspiracy because this is a lot of mainstream media coverage as well. There are several quotes that said, hey, because they had this exposure, we shut them down. Uh, I don't think that's right. I think there's some issues with that, but we'll uh, we'll leave that be. Parker Lewis, in the episode that I referenced at the beginning, he goes through a lot of reasons why SVB went down. And a lot of it has to do with they bought bonds when rates were really low, rates go up, so the bonds um, lose value. And then when they had to start selling them, they're selling them at a loss. And then when they sell them at a loss, that's pushing down the value on all the other bank balance sheets. And so it's like this spiral of... Uh, uh, it's a debt spiral that was going to be worse and worse and worse. And that's why it's kind of got chopped off and they're trying to to backstop this because they didn't want it to be a run on uh, banks, but they also didn't want to then see the uh, treasury bond market uh, go into a tailspin as well. So again, he gets into way more detail. I'm not going to try to duplicate his work because it was so interesting and so um, detailed that if you have that interest, go check out that episode. So everyone was backstopped all deposits. So that $200 billion, $175 billion deposits at SVB. And the Federal Reserve and the Treasury and FDIC made a systematic risk exception to backstop them. They bailed them out. Now they're not calling it a bailout, but it is 100% a bailout. Yeah, sure. Semantics, whatever. It is a bailout. Where does that money come from? Because that is a question I want to get to. And the other question should be the insolvency of SVB posing a systematic risk to the financial system, ask yourself, if the 16th biggest bank in the country can't fail without taking down the whole thing, how fragile is the whole thing? To put it kindly, very. And the icing on the cake is that Moody's, which is a credit rating agency, um, if you ever watch The Big Short, Moody's gets some love in that as well. Um, They had SVB rated their bonds at single A, which is high investment grade. And uh, that's a week before they went bankrupt. So again, ask yourself, (laughs) how trustworthy is that? And then if you believe the FDIC and the government are going to be able to backstop everything and, hey, we have these funds and the FDIC is there, that's they're doing exactly what they're supposed to. That's a good thing. Um, And that's contained. I think it's a little naive and the the truth doesn't necessarily support that. Uh, The only way to cover bank failures is going to be with newly created dollars and the continued debasement of the currency, which means your purchasing power goes down the drain. The FDIC has $124.5 billion, and they have a $100 billion credit line. Seems like a lot. Well, they're covering $22 trillion in the U.S. banking system. The quick math on that is they cover about 
percent of deposits. That ain't good, right? Like <laughs> that's not great. Um, the emergency fund of of the the banks, pretty shaky, pretty shaky. And so, central banking and this whole idea of when you hear central banking or fractional reserve banking, it's really really important because in March uh, March twenty sixth, twenty twenty, basically what was done was that the reserve requirements from the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve was moved to 0%. So the cash on hand that they were required to have to kind of meet demands of customers and not be lent out and all that stuff was moved to 0%. It used to be 10, used to be more, but it was moved to zero. Um, So yeah, that's not great. And there's like this cycle of central banking, this fractional banking system where it's bailouts, industry concentration, reduced competition, regulatory capture, rent-seeking behavior, and wealth transfer from consumers to Wall Street. Bank of America increased deposits in less than a week of $15 billion. Last year, they lost $8 billion in deposits for reference. So they literally doubled what they lost last year in less than a week. That is insane. Because what is everyone doing? They're flying out of these regional banks or smaller banks and saying, hey, there's four big banks around the, the country that cannot fail that we've been told that since 2008, which is JP Morgan Chase. Citibank, Wells Fargo, Bank of America. Those are all banks that are, they can't fail. The government will always bail them out. And so people are seeing that and saying, hey, we got to go there. And again, that's reducing the competition. Not a great thing. And I don't like saying that, but you know, if you're out there and you're using one of the smaller regional banks or a credit union or something else, it might behoove you to open an account with one of these big banks. And I hate saying that. It's dirty coming off of my lips, but you might need it, right? Because it might make sense. Now, if you're less than 250 in deposits, and I know most people are, I am, right? I'm not holding $250,000 in cash. I think anyone that listens to this podcast knows there's no way in hell I would do that. Um, but, if you, but if you're running your business and you have a good chunk of change you know, for your operating accounts, you might want to start asking those questions of like what banking relationships you have. And I, again, I don't like it. I want to support regional banks, credit unions, those in the community. Um, but it, it is something that truthfully needs to be discussed. Um. So then today, uh, March 16th is when I'm recording this, there's reports of the Fed providing a post-SVB liquidity pool of $2 trillion to the banking system to sure it up. Now, it's not a bailout. They're telling you very clearly, this isn't a bailout. Um, but again, I think they believe that you and me are very stupid and that we can't read between the lines. $2 trillion for banking system liquidity to make sure it's all functioning smoothly. It's silly. Where's the $2 trillion coming from? Again, ask yourself that. It's not coming from the FDIC. Um, it's not coming from the surplus of the federal government because we keep running at a loss. It's creating new money out of thin air, right? Um, and it's really important that, that we all start to see that, that there's this, you know, man behind the curtain kind of Wizard of Oz situation where it's like, don't ask questions, right? Because the, the truth is kind of ugly. Um, but I think more people are going to be exposed to why the banking system is very fragile and, and isn't structured to long long-term be sustainable. Because what you're starting to see is, this idea of these banking crisis and collapses, they're going to come more frequently because the system is inherently fragile and they haven't fixed the underlying issues. A uh, good friend, advisor, um, Jim Kreider, uh, was on Twitter and shared something that I thought was really good. He goes, a financial advisor told me today, access to the federal backstops like FDIC to protect against failures is valuable. Who will backstop bad actors in the world of crypto? And then he goes, 
He doesn't realize that the federal government backstop is the bad actor. They literally are the person that set your house on fire, show up with more gas and matches to say, hey, we're here to put out the fire. Like, that's not great. Uh, my other friend, Ryan Flynn, uh, shared the following, and I think it's really important, so I just want to read it. He said, in 2008, we had the Emergency Economic Stabilization Act. In 2020, we had the Paycheck Protection Program. Yesterday, we got the Bank Term Funding Program. All three of these programs are direct government intervention in the financial markets, bailouts for poor risk management, and consequences of the short-sighted interest rate policy. The first two programs re resulted in massive increases in liquidity and asset price inflation. The BTFP will likely result in the same. Where does all this lead? It's a great question. What it's going to lead to is, again, liquidity coming in the system and bidding up asset prices. And so he talks about asset price inflation. So you want to buy a house? It's going to get worse. You want to buy a practice? It's going to get worse. If you don't own the assets that you want to own, it's just going to be continually getting harder and harder to get. And uh, where does all this lead, I think, is the question. So Fed now payment service will launch in July. The Federal Reserve has announced the beta launch for its prototype central bank digital currency payment rails called FedNow. What is happening? They're setting the stage basically for four major banks in the Federal Reserve to consolidate banking and launch a central bank digital currency. I'm going to have a guest on later in the year um, to touch on this because it is important. And the TLDR is you should push back on CBDCs. It's not something that we want. But imagine a system where 100% of control of the money um, is decided by other people. You can't pick and choose where you want to spend money, and they're going to dictate that. Um, and that's likely coming sooner rather than later. As Americans, we need to be vocal, push back, and, and you know, vote with your feet, your dollars. Go to places that respect your personal privacy. And CBDCs are going to strip all that away. And you can look at China with their digital yuan, aka their central bank digital currency, and look at that, where people literally can't go and do things, can't leave certain neighborhoods, can't purchase certain goods if they don't meet certain scores. That to me is terrifying and we should not want anything like that. You know, I wish there was a money that could be held without counterparty risk or trust and you could feel confident in it. That was digital and global that you could verify the supply. You knew the rules of issuance and you had certainty kind of baked into the cake. And of course I'm talking about Bitcoin. And there's a reason why crazy Isaiah, right? Keeps talking about this for ages and ages and ages. And you're starting to see exactly why. The wrong allocation of Bitcoin is zero. The rest is going to be dependent on your situation. And it's not Bitcoin is going to solve all the world's problems. However, money fundamentally, when it's broken, drives a lot of bad behaviors. And if you fix the money, you fix a lot of these underlying issues. That's been my big thing for a long time. So if you have issues like finding good information on Bitcoin, please reach out. I'm happy to share things that um, would be helpful. Um, lessons that I've learned, um, good people to read and research. And it's not all just like, hey, Bitcoin grows the moon and there's never any issues. Like, I, I, I don't want to be that person. But show me another alternative. I'll wait. There's no other alternative to the current system. And so, you know, DM me on LinkedIn, Twitter, join the Facebook group for this podcast. And I'm happy to share all the resources that I can because one of the big things for me is I want to make sure that anyone that uh, I can possibly help uh, get an understanding of Bitcoin that I can, right? Because ultimately I think you're all going to need it. And uh, the sooner that you learn more about it, the more comfortable you get, uh, you won't have to be in a period of panic to, uh, to address it. So take care, talk soon. I'm not going to have all fancy edits and stuff on this. I'm going to get it turned around really fast. 
So if there are mistakes throughout this, um, you know, give me a little bit of a break. And uh, <laughs> the uh, normal, regularly scheduled, awesome guests talking about stuff in VetMed are going to be back soon and excited to share that content with you. But until next time, take care. All right. So there are a lot of great job postings that I want to get to. And so we're going to start off with Bayside Hospital for Animals. Great work-life balance in beautiful Fort Walton Beach, Florida. No weekends, Monday to Friday, eight to five, no on-call or emergencies. It's appointment only here. Currently a two and a half doctor practice, new owner in 2021, bringing some fresh life into the hospital. Um, the new owner had been there for six years prior working, so definitely understands the team, the processes in the community. Lots of investment in people and new equipment. ProSal is the pay structure. Far too many benefits for me to list. Email BaysideVet251 at Yahoo or call 850-864-1857. Join a thriving, growing small animal practice in Vermont on the Quebec border. Full-time ideal, part-time is considered. The idea is to start with yes with the team, patients and clients and outdoorsmen or outdoor woman's paradise while uh, being able to practice high quality medicine. Compensation is write your own structure within production capabilities. Literally, it is the owner wants to find the right person and is happy to negotiate, chat through and find the right fit. If you want autonomy and a boss that enjoys teaching, reach out to Newport Veterinary Hospital. You can email newportveterinaryhospital at gmail.com. North Central Indiana, looking for an oasis in the chaos. You know, who isn't, right? Come join the amazing team at Fulton County Veterinary Clinic. They strive to foster a fun, fast-paced work environment while providing quality patient care. They utilize the support staff efficiently so that the doctor is available to practice medicine and do what you're trained to do in less time and paperwork, which is great. Lots of investment in new equipment and technology to support you, full-time or part-time available. Small animal and exotics are both seen there, so no ER, no on-call, no weekends, competitive salary with sign-on bonus offered, and far too many benefits to list. Um, Go to Fulton County Veterinary Clinic, so type that in and you'll find the job posting there. Last but not least, join Watertown Animal Hospital, personal, personable, small animal veterinarian wanted for well-established current five-doctor mixed animal practice in northern New York, which is an outdoors person's paradise. Again, two of those. So if you like the outdoors, you can look at Vermont or New York. We They have plenty of support staff with six uh, CSRs, six licensed technicians, four animal caretakers, two technical assistants, hospital associate, or sorry, hospital assistant. A practice manager and a bookkeeper focuses on mentorship and investment um, on the people and the technology. Um, that's been a strategic initiative by the leadership team. No on call, a uh, 24-hour ER less than an hour away. Salary based on experience, but no less than 95000 can be straight salary, pro-sal considered. Want to discuss that with the right person. Uh, tons of benefits. Again, too much to list. Please reach out to watertownpetcare.com for that option as well. So again, if you find a role or a job or talk to anyone and it helps you in any way, I would love to hear that feedback. So please reach out, let me know what um, you're able to do. And I will continue to post these. So if you are an owner, reach out to me, let me know. And uh, we'll go from there. And until I hit a capacity of I can't keep recording these, I want to let people know um, who are high quality owners around the country looking for great help. So with that, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should talk to your professional team before implementing anything. If you want or need financial advice, 
My day job when not podcasting is helping veterinarians grow their net worth. Our team is taking new clients and we are ready to talk to you at any stage of life. Come as you are. Um, I always say bring the mess, right? Like if things are unorganized, that's okay. There's no prerequisites to become a client. Isaiah Douglas is a partner at Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. The biggest compliment you can give me in the podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcast is the platform that is predominantly used for people listening to the show. If you have three minutes, love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review. It helps more people find the show. Also, the new YouTube channel is up, and I'd love to have you subscribe. Vainly, I want 100 subscribers at least. Lots more, obviously, right? But I get a vanity URL if we get to 100. That would be great. It makes it easier to find um, the YouTube channel as well. For all of today's links, information, head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform. It'll be a link to that YouTube channel I just talked about. You won't miss any other episodes, um, whether you list on Spotify, whether you have some other ancillary you know, podcast platform, please um, like, subscribe, all that stuff. It certainly does help. I appreciate it. Finally, if you want more information, insights, want your voice to be heard, want to share ideas for content, say, hey, Isaiah, I want you to have this guest. I want you to talk about this topic go over to the Facebook group. So you can search for the Veterinary Success Podcast uh, on Facebook or head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll to the bottom about your host, click on the Facebook icon, and that'll get you in the group. But thank you so much for listening. Um, it means a lot to me to be able to see the podcast grow and continue to, to impact people. So with that, until next time, we'll chat soon.